You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Anti-aging is the new buzzword right now. Books are popping up everywhere daily on how to slow down aging to live a healthier, longer life beyond the life expectancy years of 78.7 years of Americans. Now, I'm reading myself the book Lifespan by Dr. Sinclair, but there's a lot more, you know, such as The Longevity Paradox by Dr. Stephen Gundry, Boundless by Ben Greenfield, Superhuman, written by David Asprey, and most recently published, A New Way to Age by Suzanne Summers. And they all have their own take on how to live longer and what steps to take to change your diet and lifestyle and supplements to take. And today on Wellness for Life, we also have an anti-aging specialist, Dr. Ben Weitz. He's a functional medicine expert and chiropractic sports physician of over 30 years and the host of the popular podcast, Rational Wellness. He's my good friend, Ben Weitz. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm very excited to join your audience and you. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, what got you interested in longevity and life extension? Well, like everybody, I want to live a long, healthy, active life, and I'd like to help all my patients to be able to do the same thing. So you started digging deeper, and we all love all the information that's coming out there, but you know, um, the one thing that's very popular is the fasting and calorie restriction technique to maintain a healthier, but extending the number of years that you're going to live. So uh, do you feel that that's really one of the best ways, uh, the fasting and like intermittent fasting or the fasting mimicking diet? What do you think about those for promoting longevity? Well, here's the thing. In health, as in many other things, we tend to get these trends and the pendulum tends to swing one way and then the pendulum swings the other way. And I'm here to bring the pendulum back towards the middle. So right now, the trend in anti-aging is on fasting and caloric restriction, as you mentioned, or the fasting mimicking diet of Walter Longo. And while there's no doubt that fasting and caloric restriction certainly have their benefits, but let's not forget about the importance of growth and regeneration so we can replace our tissues and cells. Without this anabolic process as we age, we'll see a loss of muscle, a loss of bone, a shrinking of our thymus gland, indicative of a weakening of our immune system, and a loss of neurons in our brain. There are folks who cannot get out of bed in nursing homes simply because they're too weak due to sarcopenia. Fractures of the hip related to osteoporosis is a devastating injury that often causes death in seniors. And as we age, our thymus gland, which is an important part of our immune system, tends to shrink, and our T-cells get replaced with fat. This makes us more vulnerable to infections and cancer. Thymic involution is, is a major factor, and this is one of the reasons why older folks are vulnerable to dying from the flu, which is so relevant right now as we are seeing higher death rates among seniors from the coronavirus. So the first study that was actually done to show a reversal of aging did not use fasting or caloric restriction. It actually used growth hormone. And so this paper was published towards the end of last year. It was called The Reversal of Epigenetic Aging and Immunosenescent Trends in Humans by Fahey and Others in Aging Cell. And it showed a reversal of two and a half years of biological aging as based on epigenetic methylation time clocks in men age 51 to 65. 
let me let me um, just you know, a lot of people might not know what growth hormone is. So let's talk a little bit about growth hormone. And then you just mentioned a very long word that a lot of people won't understand, the methylation growth clock. So let's talk about what growth hormone is and really why it's important. And tell us a little bit more detail about the study so that we can understand regarding humans. Are, are we talking about humans uh, study or is it, is it yes. more animal study? Yeah, no, this okay. is humans. Great. Great. So what's growth hormone, Ben? So growth hormone is a, is a very important hormone that starts to be secreted as we're young. It allows us to grow and build our bones and muscles and our organs and everything else. But growth hormone continues to be secreted throughout our life. It tends to decrease with age. So adding growth hormone is one way to make sure that we continue to have that growth and replacement of our cells that break down over time. And so growth hormone is, it was a really popular strategy about 10, 15 years ago, and it's kind of faded out now. But so growth hormone is something that is going to stimulate your body to uh, regenerate and to grow new cells, new muscle, new bone, etc. How does a growth hormone affect telomeres? those end um, parts of our DNA, because apparently we have telomeres that are limited. It's only a certain amount, and once they're gone, then the cell dies. Does growth hormone push that telomer action? Just curious about that. Well, actually, I have not looked into that. So you're talking about, so in terms of trying to determine biological aging, one of the methods that's been available are telomeres. And so we look at the length of the telomere as a as a marker for aging. Well, this study used something called a epigenetic methylation time clock. And this is a new thing that's being used to measure biological aging. And right now is the hot thing. And it seems to have advantages over telomere length. So I don't know the answer about telomere length. I would say most likely it probably does because other things that promote growth or have been shown to be beneficial, but I, I don't know the answer to that. I know that David Sinclair talks about uh, the methylation clock and all that time clock. And I actually got myself a uh, unit, a testing kit by DNH. And I don't know if you, you're familiar with DNH. I believe that's exactly what they test. Yeah. They're looking at DNA methylation patterns, usually via saliva or serum. And, um, and so this is a way to measure our biological aging as compared to our chronological aging. So you might be 60 years of age, but you might have um, the biological age of a 50-year-old or a 70-year-old. Oh, no, well, we don't want that. We don't want to go backwards. We want to get younger. So we definitely want to be, um, you know, uh, in a, in obviously in a uh, state where you don't, you don't uh, have your biological age isn't older. I know, I mean, when I did this this one, um, I guess, test, it, it showed that my heart age, I'm 57 now, my heart age was at 44, which was really cool. But you know what? Going more deeper into your DNA sounds like a better tool, a measuring tool. So with the study, is that what they did? They went into looking at the DNA methylation clock genes? Yes, Yes, absolutely. And so in addition to using growth hormone, human growth hormone, one of the side effects of human growth hormone is that it tends to increase insulin resistance. So to make sure that that wasn't going to happen to these folks, they also added DHEA and metformin as needed to make sure that you could get the 
increase in the IGF-1 levels while minimizing insulin levels. Well, IGF-1 also, I, I'm, let's go a little bit more into some of the fears that doctors have because the IGF-1 is also known to trigger cancer growths or hidden cancers. Can we just talk about that a little bit? Did they Were they concerned about that? Yes, absolutely. So IGF-1 is something that will tend to increase with growth hormone. It's, it's a marker that there's still growth going on in your body. So the worry is, is that if cancer's growing, it'll cause cancer to grow too. Well, it turns out the, the research seems to show that the real reason why IGF-1 is a problem, and you're right, some of the leading researchers um, remark they, they feel that IGF-1 going higher is a problem as people age because it's associated with these higher risks of cancer. But what they're not accounting for is the increase in the insulin levels. So the researchers here pointed out that if you don't allow the insulin levels to go up, IGF-1 is actually beneficial. And that's why in the study they used the drug. This is a prescriptive drug, metformin, yes. uh, to offset that. Now, I'm very familiar with nutritional supplementations that work very similar uh, to metformin, and that's called berberine, which I use in my practice. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you and I are both chiropractic physicians, and uh, we choose not to use, obviously, that's that's not our scope. So uh, in my practice, I, I recommend berberine to help uh, handle the blood sugar level, uh, among other issues like, um, let's say, LDL levels being high. Berberine works with that really well, et cetera. So what did they find? What is they found that um, in this test, it was two point two and a half more years of life. Yeah, that's really amazing. It's a one-year intervention, and they showed a reversal biological aging of two and a half years, which is mind-boggling. And this is really the first study that's been able to do that. And I think it's fascinating that it did not do it with fasting. It used growth hormone. And they also found, and these were all men, but they also found a reduction of PSA levels. There was a reduction of CRP, which is a marker of inflammation. There was an increase in glomerular filtration rate, which is a marker of how kidneys function. And then they also saw a regeneration of the thymus gland. So the thymus gland, which is so important for our immune system, tends to shrink as we get older. I use the term involution of the thymus gland. It really means a shrinkage of the uh, thymus gland. And this is a marker for decreased immune function. And... I also noted how seniors tend to be more vulnerable to infections and cancers. So keeping our immune system strong is so important. And this actually showed a reversal of that. Our thymus gland, as seen on MRI, actually grew rather than shrunk. Wow. So j just so that I, I, I just share this with uh, our audience is that the thymus gland is an, a, a gland that is right underneath your sternum bone, your chest bone. And what it does is it, it matures the T cells coming, the immature T cells coming from the spleen. The thymus gland matures those T cells so that's species specific. What that means is it can target specifically the T cells for viruses, uh, for bacteria, uh, for fungi like that. So it's important that we have a strong thymus gland so we can mature these T cells coming from our hemopoietitious spleen and bone marrow. What, what else? Go on. They also saw an increase in something called the lymphocyte to monocyte ratio. And this is another thing indicative of a healthy immune system. Great. So 
they, they did all sorts of measurements, yeah. uh, especially these biomarkers, CRP, PSA, glomerular low filtration rates with kidney, regeneration of thymus by ultrasound, taking a look at the size, um, and then a shift in the immunity between in, uh, lymphocytes and monocytes. Well, they obviously, they did all these measurements through blood testing and ultrasound. And then let's chat a little bit. You mentioned about the IGF-1 levels as well. And that's the way we actually measure whether we have good levels of growth hormone. Uh, Dr. Walter Longo actually has seen the opposite of this, that lower IGF-1 is better than higher. Can you, you know, tell me what your take is on that? Why is there a discrepancy? Well, I think it's because he's not accounting for the change in insulin that tends to accompany elevations in IGF-1 levels. Ah, uh, so if we can manage those spikes, then you're going to have better results. Right. Don't forget, we're talking about insulin growth factor one. So it tends to be accompanied by increases in insulin levels. And insulin, as we know, is inflammatory and it's a response to higher blood sugar levels. And so... Um, insulin is really the culprit when it comes to increasing those cancer rates. Let's then talk about what is it that we can do as, as an audience to reduce that insulin rate to go up, insulin spikes, to manage that more appropriately and prevent that, the inflammatory reactions and the negative effects to our IGF-1. Absolutely. So we have diet, we have exercise, we have stress reduction, and then we have proper supplementation. So when it comes to diet, we need to avoid the carbohydrates, the higher glycemic carbohydrates are going to tend to cause our blood sugar to spike. These are things like uh, breakfast cereals and bagels and Pop-Tarts and, and even rice and bread and, and all these higher glycemic carbohydrates that cause your blood sugar to spike. They're going to lead to your insulin causing a uh, spike in they're going to cause your pancreas to cause a spike in insulin levels. So we need to have a diet that uh, manages uh, blood sugar levels. And so that means avoiding higher glycemic carbohydrates and emphasizing foods like healthy proteins and healthy fats, along with some lower glycemic carbohydrates like fruits and vegetables. So that's the first thing. Then we've got exercise, which is super important. And so doing the proper amount of exercise. Every time you exercise, your muscles need blood sugar. So they pull the sugar out of the bloodstream and that minimizes the need for insulin. So exercise is a, is a natural um, insulin sensitizer. And so regular exercise is super important and you need to make sure that you include heavy resistance exercise as part of your exercise program because heavy resistance exercise stimulates growth hormone and testosterone levels, which stimulates that growth and regeneration, keeps your muscles and your bones strong, and even uh, stimulates new neuronal growth in the brain that helps keep your cognitive function as you age. Exercise to me is, is key as well, because when you exercise, then the blood sugar, if, if you did have blood sugar issues, you're going to suck in that blood uh, and utilize that blood sugar, I should say, suck in that blood sugar so that it'll reduce your blood sugar level. Um, you know, you're a big, you're big on weightlifting, aren't you? Because I, I love resistance exercise, but I do, do many different kinds. I do things that where I go upside down. Uh, I use a lot of rubber bands. Um, I like using isometric and, uh, you know, callus 
calisthenic exercise. Uh, do you recommend all types or do you really recommend us to focus on weightlifting? Oh, I think we need various forms of exercise to be maximally healthy. We need cardiovascular exercise to stimulate our hearts and lungs and has all sorts of benefits, increasing um, oxygen flow through the body. So cardiovascular exercise is important. Balance training is important, especially as we age because seniors often fall. And so maintaining proper balance is super important as well as flexibility training. So I definitely think that we need all those. And when it comes to resistance training, you can get the resistance however you want. You can use body weight as long as you continue to increase the resistance as your muscles get stronger. If you're using the same weight, I don't care if you're using weights or using bands or just using body weight. If you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to stimulate that growth and regeneration that we want for maximal healthy aging. Mm, thank you. Uh, circling back to diet, I just wanted to uh, share with our, our audience that one way that's already scientifically been proven to help you manage insulin resistance is actually kimchi, fermented foods, you know, increase on that lactic acid bacteria. And it's not just kimchi. I'm really recommending all forms of fermented foods. Do you eat any yourself? I do. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in kimchi and sauerkraut, and I consume them on a regular basis, as well as taking prebiotics and probiotics, because the, the health of our gut is super important for every function in our body. It really is one of the keys to anti-aging. That's right. The microbiome is, and then, then, you know, we're just starting. I mean, the information out there is, it's still not enough, but we do know that input of uh, getting maximum levels of lactic acid bacteria and feeding your um, healthy microbiome is key to minimizing uh, these diseases that are in the world, diabetes and cardiovascular and cancers and, and um, heart disease, et cetera. By the way, since we're talking about diet, I would like to speak up for, I do think that most people would be maximally healthy with aging if they consume some good, healthy animal protein in their diet. And I know it's very popular right now to recommend a plant-based diet for aging. And I know that some of the top researchers are, are recommending this. And, and this really, and, and by the way, a lot of them also recommend a lower fat version. That seems to be really popular in the plant-based, i.e. vegan world right now is to recommend a, uh, a low fat, plant-based diet. And so essentially that's a diet that consists mainly of carbohydrates. And, you know, it's often said that you don't really need a lot of protein. You get enough protein from vegetables and we certainly don't want fat. So basically you're eating 70 or 80% of your calories from carbohydrates. And I'm here to speak up for healthy fats and proteins. And the reality is, is we can actually get by without carbohydrates. Now, I don't think we should not eat carbohydrates. I do think that there's some benefits, but we can get by. Our body can convert protein into carbohydrates through gluconeogenesis. Um, but it's super important, in my opinion, to get good, healthy, and I think animal protein is the best concentrated source as part of our healthy diet as we age. And that will allow us to maintain our muscle mass and we know that people tend to lose muscle as they get older. So many older people have trouble getting around. And one of the main reasons is because their muscles are too weak. And, and we tend to have 
and we tend to have joint problems too. And so what happens if your cartilage starts to break down in your knee? Well, you are either going to use your muscles to control your knee joint, or you're going to put all the stress on, on the connective tissue structures. And so maintaining those muscles around all your joints is one of the keys to being able to be active as we get older. And if you want to be healthy as you get older, you've got to stay active. That's right. That's right. I love plant-based foods, but I'm, I tell all my patients to definitely continue to eat protein, um, meats. And, and then if you are vegan for environmental reasons or spiritual reasons, uh, then I say you've got to take a, a formula like Super 8 Aminos. It's an amino acid blend for eight essential amino acids that are necessary for uh, maintaining your muscle mass to prevent sarcopenia. Let's, let's go ahead and dig a little bit more into the supplements since I'm already talking about amino acids. What else do you recommend uh, to enhance growth hormone or IGF-1? Yeah, so you mentioned berberine. I'm a big believer in berberine. Berberine is a natural form of metformin, helps manage our blood sugar levels. You mentioned lipids, so it helps decrease cardiovascular risk. It also activates the AMPK kinase pathway, which is very important for anti-aging. So berberine is super important. There's a nutrient called nicotinamide riboside, which is also super important for anti-aging purposes. It stimulates, um, I forgot right now, um, it stimulates the... Um, uh, Energy production, ATP production. ATP production. Yes, yeah, for mitochondria health, right? NAD, NAD, exactly. NAD is essential for mitochondria function. Yeah, exactly. Resveratrol, you mentioned David Sinclair. He did a lot of research on resveratrol as a natural sirtuin uh, stimulator. So resveratrol, super important nutrient to have in a healthy diet. I'm a big believer in fish oil. Omega-3s are super important to reduce inflammation, to reduce our risk of cardiovascular disease. Almost every chronic disease is reversed by taking uh, appropriate levels of omega-3 fatty acids from fish. And unfortunately, it's very difficult to get these from plants. I, you know, I know people try to get them from flax seeds. Um, unfortunately, flax seeds contain alpha linoleic acid that has to be converted into the active forms of uh, DHA and EPA. And, and very little of that conversion actually happens, no more than 10 or 15%, even if people are good converters. So you're much better off taking the fish oil. How about algae oil, algae fish oils? Not fish oils, excuse me, algae omega oils. Yes, you, you can get some of the DHA directly from algae. And if you are following a plant-based diet, and, and don't get me wrong, some of my patients are following a plant-based diet. And I do think that everybody uh, should be following a unique diet that works best for them. But I definitely would recommend those for people who are not eating any animal products, who are not consuming fish. Right. Um, they, they do contain mostly DHA and not the EPA, but um, it definitely is uh, second best to fish oil. I think vitamin D, super important, and it's amazing how many people are not getting enough vitamin D. Even in Southern California, where I live and practice, where we've got all this sun, and yet a huge percentage of our patients are either deficient or have less than optimal levels of vitamin D. Fantastic. One, uh, let, let me ask you this question uh, regarding some of these supplements that you take. Uh, there was one that you mentioned that was in the study, and I, I think that we only have this 
last question that I've got, because our time is pretty much up, is you mentioned DHEA. Now, this is a, a hormone that I test on all my patients, anyone who is over 35. Uh, talk a little bit about DHEA and should we be taking it and at what, what age and what dose? I only recommend taking DHEA if you are tested and your levels seem to be low and you've already done everything you can to maximize your body's ability to produce it itself. So DHEA is produced by the adrenal glands. So you got to look at the adrenal glands. If you're stressed out all the time and you're suffering from stress on your adrenal glands, we'll do a, a four-part cortisol test or we'll now do the six-part cortisol test, including the cortisol uh, awakening response. And if your adrenals are out of whack, we'll try to strengthen your adrenals. We'll do everything to try to strengthen your body to produce those natural levels. And everybody's assuming that all these levels are going to decline when you get older. And if you do the right things, if you look for those sources of chronic inflammation, like food sensitivities and chronic infections and nutrient deficiencies and dysbiosis in the gut, et cetera, you correct all those things. It's amazing, even at older ages, how your body can produce the right amounts of DHEA and growth hormone levels. For example, I'm 61 years old. I just had my testosterone level measured and it's 900. Amazing. And I've never taken testosterone, but I do all the right things. And I'm constantly looking and digging and searching and, you know, finding gut issues and correcting nose. And, you know, I had an issue with thyroid and I was able to totally correct it without taking any thyroid. So look for those underlying causes that you and I both do as functional medicine practitioners and see if you can get your body to produce it. And then if your body can't, then you can consider taking DHEA levels. It's very safe. It's actually available as a nutritional supplement and, um, uh, men, typically 25 to 50 milligrams. Women, usually 5 or 10 milligrams. Ah, fantastic. Where can we find out more about you, Dr. Whites? You can go to my website, drwhites.com. You can find my Rational Wellness Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. There's also a video version on YouTube. It's awesome. Love all your guests, and I really appreciate it. And I think I'm going to be on your, your show soon. <laughs> Absolutely. A couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it, Suzanne. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Ben. All right. Thank you so much. What a great interview. We learned so much about how we can enhance our life by looking at a few markers and making sure that our thymus is healthy and, and it's going to be stimulated and grow, especially if we can manage our growth hormone as we age. We want our growth hormone to continue to be excreted out. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I didn't know anything about this thymus gland shrinkage, and it's it really explains the problems that seniors are having with fighting off infections. That's right, exactly. And then you also mentioned about how important insulin is. We got to keep it low, and your diet, exercise, and supplements, handling your stress, so important. And some of the supplements that we talked about is berberine that help manage your blood sugar, but um, also NAD, resveratrol, fish oils, vitamin D and DHA and adrenal function. Dr. Ben's website is drwhites.com, D-R-W-E-I-T-Z.com. Go check it out. He's got so much valuable information and content on his website and Rational Wellness 
podcast on YouTube and um, everywhere you can listen to a podcast. All right, please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. And if you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype uh, consultations. So my contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.